It is Friday, March 10th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The madness continues. And some bubbles are burst. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Michigan and North Carolina probably give up their dancing shoes. Yeah, but Rutgers is in. Uh, Kevin Durant (laughs) likely out two to three weeks as an MRI showed his sprained ankle. But the Vegas lead, AJ, it's going to be college hoops. March Madness is underway. Conference tournament time. It's coming down to the wire here. We have the semifinals, well, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals coming up here this weekend. We will have the Power Five Conference champions that will be crowned over this weekend and Selection Sunday is this Sunday. It's also Daylight Savings. So What? Yeah, spring forward. So I thought we, we were going to get rid of Daylight Savings. I thought that was coming to an end. No. Well, you can move to some part of Arizona. I, I thought that uh, that something happened where it was like, you know what? We've decided that's enough. We're done with it. <laughs> well, this is the good time because you spring forward. So, yeah, we lose an hour of sleep, right? But it stays light out longer. Okay. So I'll sunset is later, and that's when we get into, like, you know, the summer when it's, like, light out at, like, 830. You know what? Listen, we get up so early. Uh, I don't like it when the sun comes in my window in the morning because, like, I'm trying to fall back asleep. So when you go home and try and take your your second nap, yeah, or actually your main sleep, that's my main sleep. It's your main yeah, sleep, yeah, because like you can nap nap before the show, yeah, and then you go home and you take your main sleep. Although no napping in March, not during conference tournament. Well, time. no, you're up all night yeah. and then just staying up till you know three o'clock in the morning. But uh, yeah, so you get your main sleep and you don't have like blackout curtains. I do, but it's like there's always like. The little crack or something like, where especially when you have the AC on yeah. and it like it blows your curtains a little yeah. bit, and then and the I light can't, comes I can't in. Sleep in the hot either. I gotta choose. <laughs> I need dark and cold. Uh, well, here's uh, what went down on Thursday. Let's start. Let's go conference by conference, and we'll start in the ACC. Uh, Virginia beats North Carolina sixty-eight fifty-nine, and that might be all she wrote. Yeah, that that should seal the deal for North Carolina. Uh they were they needed to make a deep run. Uh this was not deep enough. So they Virginia a very winnable game for them and really in the second half this was a one point game at halftime. Felt like North Carolina was in it. Got their doors blown off in the second half. So uh yeah, I, I think North Carolina is NIT bound. Mm. Well, that'd be cool if they get to the NIT semifinals because then we can go see him here yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. But will they be motivated to play in the NIT? I don't know. I don't know. If I, you you uh, are a national title runner-up a year ago. Are you motivated to go play in the NIT? Probably fire not. Hubert Davis? No. No, okay. I mean, get the, go to the national yeah. championship last year. It kind of gives you some but leeway. Does that mean he's a good coach? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miami defeats Wake Forest 74-72. Uh, the Deacons putting on a fight. Yeah, Deacons did put up some fight. They were another team that really needed to, probably needed to win the tournament altogether to get in. So uh, this ends their season as well. Miami uh, probably should be playing a little bit better than they are. I worry about them going forward. So um, I, I'll, I'm going to be, I, it's hard because I want to fade them. 
but they're playing Duke tomorrow. And I will not be I will not be uh fading them against Duke. Duke 98-69 winners over Pitt, but lost Kyle Filipowski to an injury. Uh that's big. And it's it, one thing to beat Pitt, but now you're into the part of the, the tournament where you get good games. So you Duke, good is, Duke is still the favorite to win the ACC at plus 180. Would you not like that because nope. of? out. Really? All right. Because of the injury. Yeah. All right. Clemson uh, is the other team that's left that with an 80-54 win over NC State. So here's your matchups uh, for the semifinals uh, today or tonight. You have Duke-Miami and you have Clemson-Virginia. Right now, Duke is plus 180 to win the ACC, Virginia plus 240, Miami plus 330, Clemson plus 450. Where, I think, are, you, where are you leaning? I think give me Virginia. It's not sexy, but I think that's the only way I could go. I, okay. don't, I don't want anything else to do with these other teams. All right. So if Virginia beats Clemson, then you'll just then maybe you can hedge off of it because you're, yeah. you're right now you're sitting here at a uh, yeah Virginia plus they'll, they'll be a dog in the in the uh, in the second round or in the finals in the finals yeah. yeah so you're sitting if they win you got plus two forty here uh, so could be uh, could be a nice ticket for Tony Bennett's crew there in Virginia let's take a look at the Big Twelve where Kansas handles their business beats West Virginia seventy eight sixty one and maintains their hope for a likely number one overall seed, which would mean first and second round in Des Moines and then Sweet 16 in Kansas City. Yeah, and they got the news, though, that Bill Self won't be with them at all during this tournament as he deals with He wasn't with them yesterday. Yeah, yeah. not with them yesterday, but he's not going to come back at any point. So uh, he's dealing with some personal stuff. So that's a loss to them, but obviously didn't matter yesterday mm-hmm. as they just housed Kansas. We talked about it. Felt like that line was short. I think I think the whole Bill Self thing was baked into that I line. I think so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Texas handles Oklahoma State 61-47. No surprise there for you? No. Uh, again, Oklahoma State without Avery Anderson has been a pure fade. Texas handled them both times they played this year. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was not surprised to see it. Uh, Iowa State with a 78-72 win over Baylor. This one was ugly. Yeah, this surprised me. This was a a a pretty one-sided officiating game. Uh, not, I wouldn't say they called it down the middle, but Baylor did themselves no favors. Although Baylor shot 14 of 29 from three and lost. Uh, Baylor had a, an eight-point lead with under 10 left and lost by six. They got out rebounded forty four to seventeen. This is a, a Baylor team that has, over the last several years has prided themselves on rebounding. They got smashed on the glass by Iowa State yesterday. Wow. Uh, and uh, then you had TCU eighty sixty seven winners over Kansas State. This was a system play. number twenty two was over number twelve it was. Uh, I didn't want to play it because I didn't want to see TCU without Eddie Lampkin, but they get the job done. Uh, them in Texas tomorrow should be a good matchup. Yeah, uh, Chuck O'Bannon scored 22 points. That is the son of, of Charles, Charles O'Bannon. O'Bannon, the nephew of Ed no, O'Bannon. Charles and Ed were brothers. They were on the same team at UCLA, That uh, the title yes, team. That's why I just said. Oh, I thought you were Chuck saying Charles the... was Ed's nephew. No. I was like, no, those are brothers. Chuck is the son of yeah, Charles, yeah, yeah. and he's the nephew of Ed. Yes, who are also the reason why we don't have NCAA football video games that anymore. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're getting them back. Supposedly. Yeah, allegedly. I don't well, know. Now man. that we have NIL, it should be okay. God, but yeah, I can't I mean, wait. The O'Bannons were the reason why they sued the NCAA. 
Didn't do them any good. Love those freaking video games. I did too. Love them. Uh, taking a look at the odds right now. Kansas plus 125 to win the Big 12. Texas plus 210. TCU 5-1. to one. Iowa State 6-1. to one. Kansas, right? I think it's Kansas. Yeah. Uh, do we have lines on the games coming up here? Yeah, Kansas minus five tomorrow against Iowa State. Texas mm. minus four against the Frogs. Mm. Any value in TCU plus the points? I do not think so. Okay. All right. And we, we expect Kansas I, to roll? And there's starting to be some three and a halves as well on, on uh, TCU. So maybe, okay. maybe there was some value in four yeah. when you could, could have gotten it. All right. The Big East Marquette. It took overtime. But they got the win, 72-70 and we over all, St. John's. We get the Big East semifinals that <laughs> everyone deserved. Uh, UConn, Marquette, Xavier, and Creighton all take care of business. Villanova was – a lot of people, for whatever reason, thought Villanova was going to make a run in this tournament. Uh, they were 8-1 they were to one to win the tournament. Like There were mm. people who really believed they could win it as poorly as they've played this season. But these final four teams left are just going to be so fun to watch. Xavier, not at full strength, which is a, a bit of a bummer without Zach Fremantle. Uh, but the other three, I think, all have a legit shot to win this thing. So I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing these last couple days of, of Big East play. All right, so semifinals today. What's the spread, UConn-Marquette? Uh, Marquette is going to be about a three-and-a-half-point dog. That's a system play. Yeah. UConn is lower ranked than Marquette. Yeah. yeah. I like UConn. Okay. Uh, and then Xavier Creighton. Creighton minus one. That's a system play. Okay. Creighton's lower seated than Marquette. <laughs> We're going Creighton-UConn. No, East. Creighton's lower seated than Xavier? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, so, yeah. We're I wouldn't. I, oh yeah. I guess Xavier's still like top fifteen. Yeah. It's so crazy. We're going. We're going Creighton and UConn uh, to make it to the Big East Championship. I like Creighton quite a bit. Okay. Let's go to the Big Ten where it's very physical, <laughs> and Rutgers defeats Michigan sixty two fifty. This was the play that I talked about yesterday with Fezic was the first half under of Rutgers Michigan. It was an early game. It was like eleven a.m. tip off from Chicago. And uh, it went under 28-25 in the first half between Rutgers and Michigan. An ugly game, a grimy game early on. Uh, Michigan had a three-point halftime lead and just did nothing in the second half. Mm -hmm. Michigan was in a must-win situation. And despite getting 24 points and seven boards and three blocks, by the way, from Hunter Dickinson, come up 12 points short against Rutgers, an embarrassing second half for Jawan Howard's boys. When I was watching the uh, first round of the Big Ten tournament, it was noticeable that Fran McCaffrey was sitting courtside watching Ohio State against Wisconsin, you know, doing a little scouting. Didn't do him any good as the Buckeyes took care of Iowa 73-69. That's a bad loss for Iowa. Yeah, uh, Iowa was in... A, in Again, this is another team that it felt like they were going to win this game and just kind of blew it off at the end. Uh, ugly, bet, ugly look for Iowa. Although, listen, you got to give Ohio State some credit, and I, I would be looking to fade Ohio State again today against Michigan State. But Ohio State is clearly fighting a lot harder than they were in the regular season. This is. Uh, it's been pretty impressive. Fran McCaffrey, by the way, an exact doppelganger for my old boss, Jack Silver. Uh, shout out, Jack. Penn State, 79-76 over Illinois. Maryland defeats Minnesota. Big 70-54, a blowout win there. So it sets up the quarterfinals. Rutgers-Purdue, what's the line? Uh, Rutgers is a five-and-a-half-point dog against Purdue. Do we think 
because Rutgers got the win that they needed to get into the tournament. Like, if you look at Lenardi's bracketology on ESPN, which, uh, let's see, it was updated last night around 8 o'clock. He's got Rutgers last four in. You feel I, good if you're on the last four in line, or do you need one no, more? No, I think if I'm if I'm Rutgers, I think I need – well, if I'm Rutgers, I think I'm in the tournament. I'm happy. But I also think that one more win – would get me out of that play-in game in Dayton. Yeah, and then you can I, go and be in. A, and then you then you're already in the big dance. I would also say a win over Purdue, a team that they've already beat this year at Purdue. Like, there's no debate on whether you're not you're in the tournament. Like, well, yeah, you, look, you're I, I, like I said, I think right they're in right now. They're in the tournament, but but last four in means other in things. Dayton. Other things can happen that push you to yeah, net first it, four it, out. Okay. So, like, if there's bids, bids get stolen, then suddenly point, you're at risk. At this point, there's no bids getting stolen. You never know. Uh, I mean, if, if – like, like, Maryland's a tournament team, right? Yeah. So, like, the, like Maryland – if Maryland wins the Big Ten, like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no bids getting stolen at this point. Uh, if – if let's say, let's say Ohio State somehow wins the Big Ten, that's a bid stolen. Let's say uh, Vanderbilt wins the SEC. That's yeah, a bid these, stolen. These things aren't happening. Let's say U.S. or uh, Arizona State wins the uh, the Pac-12. Yeah, That's a bid stolen. Happening. These things aren't happening. Okay. Rutgers is in right now. They're trying to play to avoid playing in a playing game in Dayton. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan State. What do we got? Uh, Michigan State minus three and a half hosting I, I, the Bucks. I, I, I like Sparty. Hosting. I like Sparty. I do too. But boy, these these Bucks are feisty. Uh, Penn State, Northwestern. Penn State plus one. This I like Penn State. Uh, this is. A Penn State team that's been really impressive. I, I said, boy, I can't play Illinois here because Penn State's owned them, and they owned them again to, uh, yesterday. It was a, 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 I mean, I wouldn't say own them, 79-76, but uh, Penn State just kind of bullied them around. And in the nightcap, the Jekyll and Hyde game, because both of these teams can be, we don't know, on any given day, Indiana, well, it, Maryland. Listen, Maryland, it's one thing to beat the snot out of Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, when you're away from your building. Now they're going to actually play against another real live Big Ten opponent away from their building, which has been a struggle for uh, for, for Maryland this season. So we like Indiana? I, I would lean to Indiana. I don't like any of these teams in the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, the SEC, where we have – No. It means more. Thank we you. We know. It just means more. It just more. means more. Alabama hosts Mississippi State, and the Tide are laying seven. Yeah, this is uh, the Mississippi State. They gave up the lead in overtime against Florida with like three seconds left, and ran down and got a layup to finish the game. Like wow. it was about a one point win. Uh, it was about as close as it could get. So Mississippi State coming off an emotional high, but Alabama's funny. Like I, I don't know what to expect from them anymore because since this, it, like Brandon I, Miller's not in trouble. I know, but, but I, the team just feels not right. But I think they have to get right now because I think they're playing. They're playing for a one seed. Yeah. If they lose this game, they might not get a one seed. I don't disagree. So they need. It's crazy to say like the most important win for them in the SEC tournament is their, their quarterfinal game. But yeah. They gotta win this game. If they lose in the semifinals, like that's okay. No one's gonna say anything. They'll probably still be a one seed. You can't lose this game and then be a one seed, especially if everything else plays out the way it's looking like it's going to play out. Yeah. So uh, I think we look at this and we say Alabama's the way to go. Tennessee against Missouri and Tennessee laying six. 
again, Tennessee is not a team I like to lay big points with, uh, but they have con- they they were certainly impressive against Ole Miss. But kind of like I said about Maryland against Minnesota, mm-hmm. like playing Ole Miss is kind of like playing Minnesota. So uh, not sure if I if I'm in love with Tennessee just yet. I want to see them have some offense against a real team. This will be an opportunity for them to do that. The Arkansas Fighting Musclemans go up against number 18 Texas A&M and the Aggies laying one. I like A&M here. I think that uh, they match up well against Arkansas. I think that they're kind of underrated because nobody expected them to be good this year. Yet here they are, the two seed in the SEC tournament, and they're, now they're laying one, playing their first game in the tournament. I feel like there's some uh, some value on the Ags. And in the nightcap, you have number 23 Kentucky against Vanderbilt. I got to be honest, I think Kentucky's gonna. I think Kentucky's gonna win some games. Not just in this tournament, but in the NCAA tournament. I do, too. Kentucky's certainly dangerous. um, But remember, this was Vanderbilt, like, two games ago, played Kentucky at home and beat them in Rupp. So Vanderbilt, uh, they get up for this game, especially this is in Nashville. It'll look like it's a Kentucky home game because it will be. I mean, this is a – this tournament is a Kentucky home game. Mm. They'll always – Despite it being five minutes from – Vanderbilt's home court. They will all, yeah. They will always keep Kentucky and Tennessee in separate parts of the like the, <laughs> the two different sessions. Yeah, yeah. On all the days that they've got double sessions, those two teams will always be in opposite sessions because they know they can fill the building yeah, yeah, legitimately yeah. just with those fan bases. Let's go to the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA, who is likely going to be a one seed and likely going to be the one seed here in Vegas. Uh, which is the West region, which is where they're playing this tournament. They're a six-point favorite over Oregon. No one's stopping UCLA right now. I got to be honest with you. I know that there's uh, the, the 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 word is out about the last ten or so NCAA champions that have been what top forty in Ken Palm offensive efficiency, top yeah, twenty yeah. in defensive efficiency. UCLA is one of those teams, along with Houston and I think like UConn or whatever. Like, yeah, they, there's only like a handful of teams that like fit the mold. UCLA is one of them. I, I picked UCLA. It might have been last year. I picked UCLA to go to the national championship, and it didn't work out for me. I think I'm. I think I'm going to pick them this year. I wouldn't blame you. They got a lot of things that uh, that you like in a, a championship team, particularly guard play that you and can I had trust. Mick Cronin on my show last year. So. I, I mean, Mick Cronin's a hell of a coach, so it's it's not a bad it's not a bad team to look at, and a team who's going in. They're going to go into the tournament playing really good ball. What I mean, even if they don't win this tournament, they won their last ten regular season games. Uh, they they look like they're the real deal, and their only losses non conference were to Illinois and Baylor, two teams that are obviously very good. Uh, and they've they've grown a lot since then. My only concern about them is that offensively they play the kind of ball that I'm not in love with. They don't shoot threes. It's and but they don't really get to the rim either. It's a lot of mid range stuff, which on a bad shooting night mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. be a disaster. Ten to one right now to win the whole thing. I'm I'm gonna do it. You like it? Yeah, I'm gonna place it. All right. I'm gonna do UCLA ten to one. That's Maybe UCLA and Kansas. Kansas is eight to one. Yeah. No, I, I think I, UCLA. Okay. Because if they get the draw that I think they're going to get, the first two games are in Sacramento, the next two games are in Vegas, and then they go to Houston for the Final Four. 
this, you know, this is there's way worse teams you could be back in yeah. than UCLA. Yeah, I'm going UCLA. Uh, the second semifinal, Arizona, Arizona State. So a little bit of a rivalry game here, but I think I'd lean towards the Wildcats. I, you know, walking around, I was on the strip. You and I were both on the strip earlier yesterday. There was Arizona fans. A lot of Arizona fans are here. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Arizona and UCLA fans, they're yeah. the ones who are going to travel. I didn't see any Arizona State I did fans, not see. I, I wish I did. You know, Arizona State <laughs> girls, woo. at least I hear. They're, woo. Uh, but Arizona State, remember, beat Arizona when Arizona State was in, like, desperate need of, of getting a big win to, to be on the right side of the bubble, and they got that win at Arizona. So they're certainly capable of beating them. Uh, Arizona State playing good ball after the, the win against Stan- a blowout win against Stanford, and then what they did to USC last night. It, it's hard. It's hard not to think that Arizona State can hang with these guys. Well, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend of college basketball leading up to Selection Sunday, and on Monday morning show we'll have a little bracket breakdown. Not like a full bracket breakdown because we'll have other dedicated podcasts for the official bracket breakdown. But taking a look at the bracket, we'll select who we think is going to go to the final four on first glance. What's your strategy when you fill out your bracket? Do you have any, like any techniques that you use? Cause this is how I do it. I get Sunday night. Soon as the bracket comes out, I watch Gumble and that whole crew on, on, on CBS. I used to work on that show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a, what a pain in the ass that show was. I mean, it's a lot of work, but, like, whew, you would never go home. Anyway, after the bracket comes out, I print it out, landscape, mode, okay. clearly. Yeah. And I fill it out. No research. Just gut. Just looking at it, like, okay, this team's going to win, this team's going to win, this team's going to win. I then take that bracket, and I put it away. I don't look at it again. Over the course of the next two, three days, I spend time doing a little bit of research. I talk to people like you. I talk to other college basketball experts. I listen to the shows. I watch the TVs. And then I take a bracket out and I go, all right, this is what I'm going to fill out. I fill out that bracket. Then I go into the draw where I put the first gut bracket and I pull that one out and I compare the two and I see where I differed. And where if I was the same on a game, great, I leave it. If I differed on a game, then I went back and I'm like, why did my gut tell me to pick Michigan State over NC State? But after talking to everybody, I'm taking NC State over Michigan State. And then I come up with my final bracket, comparing the two brackets. That's my strategy. Okay. I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I generally, uh, I I go through each pod, like each uh, mm-hmm. four four team group and just pick out which team I like the best and just try and like work from the sweet 16 backwards and then go back to the 16 and go forward again. Look at you. That's not a bad way to do it. I also have a rule. If you're going to do all these bracket pools and whatnot, you get one bracket. I agree. One. Because you can't be the guy saying, I had had UCLA and and Houston in my championship game. Yeah, and in your 30 other brackets, you you had Creighton. (laughs) You had Marquette. You only get one bracket. One, you, you can brag all you want, but you can only get you can only brag about one bracket. That's it. You are not allowed to fill out multiple brackets. If I ever ran a bracket pool, I told people one bracket per customer. Now, if anyone ever hits the perfect bracket and like wins the bajillion dollars yeah. or whatever, 
I don't care how many brackets you got. You, you make one that has every pick right, I'll, I'll let you slide. Uh, it's my favorite thing every single year in the first two rounds where when like ESPN updates. There are now how many perfect brackets? There are now this many perfect brackets. And then you get like where there's like a team like St. Peter's that makes a run like last year. And it's like one person out of the million brackets that were filled out on the ESPN challenge filled out a perfect bracket because they had St. Peter's going as far as they did. And I'm like, who in their mind picked this, you know? Like, yeah, you're right. If I don't care. If you do have a perfect bracket, you can brag, and, and it doesn't matter if you fill out 100 of them or 1,000 of them. I wonder if people are going to use artificial intelligence this year to fill out brackets. Oh, 100% they are. Yeah. 100%. People at our company will use. Hello, this is my projected bracket for the NCAA tournament. Northwestern <laughs> is your national champion. <laughs> you piece of shit! <laughs> that was, what is Fezzik the AI? <laughs> After 50,000 simulations, Alabama is your most likely national champion. So that's going to be fun. A selection Sunday is a great day. It's going to be a great weekend. Don't forget to set your clocks ahead, right? Spring forward, fall back, spring forward. And then we'll uh, get the brackets. And on Monday morning, we will break it down. The big story in the NBA, we talked about it yesterday when Kevin Durant slipped and fell during his pregame warmup and did not play in what was supposed to be his Phoenix home debut. And the Suns, they were able to take care of business thanks to, you know, Devin Booker having a, a big night. What do you have, like 40, 44 points or something like that? So the Suns were able to uh, still win the game without Kevin Durant over the Thunder. But now they're going to have to do it for a little bit longer. Kevin Durant reportedly out two to three weeks as he deals with this ankle sprain. He had an MRI, and I guess it just revealed a, you know, a severe sprain or whatever sprain is going to be two, three weeks. Is this a big deal for the Suns? Is this a big deal for their title aspirations? I don't think so, but at some point, like, Stay on the court, bro. It's a big deal for seeding. Because remember, the the Suns aren't like, you know, they haven't been running away with anything this year. They're the four seed right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's important to be in the top four because then you get home court advantage. Exactly. And with, you know, the Lakers playing better and, uh, you know, the, the Warriors are showing some signs of life with Steph returning. Like, you don't want to lose too much ground. So right now, they've got a three-game lead over the five seed. So mm -hmm. they've got a little bit of wiggle room. But you don't want to mess but around too. And it also in two weeks that could change. Yeah, but also in two weeks, three weeks, the Suns like it, they could have possibly caught up to the Grizzlies. Grizzlies who are scuffling right now. Mm. Uh, everybody seems to think the Kings are going to fall off at some point. I don't know when that point's going to be, uh, but the Kings may come It'll back be to in Earth. the playoffs. Pro probably so. They get swept in the first round. They, they by, may by like the the they'll play the they'll play the Mavericks in the first probably. round. Probably swept. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But the Phoenix could have had an opportunity to jump them and get themselves another home series. So uh, it's never a great time to be without your star player. But listen, they've they've played without him most of the season. They, mm -hmm. I think they'll be able to keep their heads above water. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix has still won four straight games. They're seven and three in their last ten. But they did win three straight once Durant came to the team and he had played well in those three games. So now they'll go, and the first game they're going to be without him here is against the Sacramento Kings. So that is definitely going to be uh, a challenge for them. The Kings, meanwhile, who are coming off a, a tough win against the Knicks last night in a relatively high-scoring affair. Um, this team just does not—by the way, didn't I call this? You did. Except, yeah. except 
I, I wasn't 100% accurate because I said the Knicks were going to take the winning streak yeah. to the West Coast and lose to the but even, Kings. But even after they'd lost, you already said yesterday morning, you said they're going to go, go out there and get smacked. Yeah, well, they didn't get smacked. They didn't smacked. get smacked. They were competitive. Yeah, but they, they, yeah it is a, a loss is a loss. But I just felt that they felt the Knicks had, they were going to win 10 straight games and then feeling great about themselves, looking at the standings, thinking like, oh, my goodness, we have a chance that we could be yeah. a four seed and we could have you know a home court advantage in, in the first round of our series in the playoffs. And then they take a West Coast trip, and on the West Coast trip, they, they look at the schedule, and they're like, hey, we got the L.A. double dip, right? Marquee games against the Lakers and the uh, Clippers, right? Nationally televised, even though last night was nationally televised as well. But you know what I'm saying? It's like a Saturday-Sunday L.A. double dip. Yeah. That's big time, baby. And they were going to get smacked, I thought, by the Kings. Well, do you do you ride them for the rest of the trip, or do you think that this whole trip is a disaster for them? Because uh, I'd be honest, I, I think it, it could just be like a, the start of a bad run for the Knicks. You think they they drop four straight? I don't know. They'll, I don't know that. They, well, I think, oh, counting the uh, the game they already lost a couple days ago, maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I was going to say I don't think they lose to Portland. No, but I could see them losing both those LA games. I think they'll get a split of the LA games. They're going to win. This is what the Knicks do. They win games that they're not supposed to win. Or they just don't make the playoffs at all. And that's well, yeah, more often but, than not. But that'll happen is like, you know, <laughs> the Knicks, like they'll they'll be dogs, you know, seven-point dogs. They'll win the game. But when they're nine-point favorites, they'll lose. So I think the Knicks will probably earn the split of the L.A. double dip over the weekend. And then, yeah, they'll go to Portland and they'll win that game and then return home and and – start the final push for the for the seating purposes but a uh, hard fought loss last night um you know they were down from the get go uh in the first half big and they came back in the second half so good effort by them especially in the third quarter they had a big third quarter but came up a bit short 122-117, the final in Sacramento. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Hornets 113-103 winners over the Pistons. Pacers 134-125 winners against Houston. The Jazz get a road win at Orlando 131-124. The Bucks take care of business 118-113. Not a cover, though, for the mm. Bucks uh, over the Nets. And, boy... Why are we not just fading the Warriors every time they're a road favorite? I, I, I got to be honest. I thought this was one they were they were going to win because the, the Grizzlies without Ja, just I, I felt that this was going to be a, you know think about it. They, the the Grizzlies had lost three straight games, so without John Morant, they haven't figured this thing out. But you know what? All the shit that Dylan Brooks has been talking about the Warriors, they hate the Warriors. I knew at home this was going to be a hype crowd, a hype spot for the Grizzlies. I have no idea. I mean, I know why because I don't really bet the NBA. Uh, and if I bet, mm -hmm. if I had bet the Grizzlies, they probably would have lost by forty. But <laughs> it, it, it just felt like it was wrong that the Warriors, who have been so bad on the road, were road favorites last night. They lose one thirty-one, one ten, or the Warriors do lose one thirty-one, one ten at Memphis. Jeez. Uh, let's take a look at what we have on the schedule tonight. The Blazers are at the Sixers. Philly an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Hawks at the Wizards. Atlanta, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Your Cavaliers are in Miami against the Heat, laying a point-and-a-half. Nets on the second of a back-to-back -back in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Minnesota laying five. Nuggets at the Spurs. Denver, a 12-point favorite. You know, the Spurs... 
They won two straight games not too long ago. It was against the Rockets, though. Does that count? No, they lost two straight to the Rockets. Oh, that's they right. Beat the, yeah, yeah, they right. beat the Jazz and the Pacers. Yeah, I don't understand what the But now they're are. back to losing. I don't know what they're doing. What were they thinking? Well, they're back to losing now. Cause Only because they, they played the Rockets. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, hey, you know, we're going to let them win. Remember, now. I thought the Rockets were, they were I thought they were going to do a gentleman's split with them. And yeah. just be like, hey, you listen, we're going to keep the same amount of ping pong balls. You lose one, we lose one. I think they're both settled into those bottom three yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Raptors at the Lakers. Lakers just a one-point favorite. So a lot of tight spreads in the NBA uh, for tonight. The NFL new league year begins on, I believe it's March 15th, AJ. So there's some time before, I guess, free agents can be signed. Uh, but we're running out of time. Let's just face it. Yeah. And we know now who some free agents are going to be. There is speculation out there about teams making moves. The Titans are, according to reports, planning on cutting Bud Dupree. So that saves them some money, but also puts Bud Dupree on the market for a team that wants a pass rusher. Yep. Um, you have the, uh, giants are amongst several teams that are going to be looking at Odell Beckham jr. Yeah. And OBJ might be the best free agent wide receiver available. Jacoby Myers right now yeah, is the best wide receiver It's not receiver crazy available. to say. Yeah. I, I thought if you stopped after you said the best free agent and I was like, no, no, no. Best free agent wide receiver. Yeah. I, I'll, I think I can get to best free agent wide receiver. Assuming he's somewhat healthy. Uh, he yeah, missed all of last year. I think you're with, right with the torn ACL, but he's ready. He's holding a workout in Arizona, and there's going to be a bunch of NFL teams. Which, by the way, that should tell that should tell you how bad the wide receiver free agent crop is. That Jacob that Jacoby Myers is the top that we're discussing. Available. Oh, is it OBJ or Jacoby Myers? Like neither one of those mm-hmm. is a good like. No one, no team could sign them and say, you know what? I'm comfortable that this is my number one wide receiver. Well, like, you could go out there and sign Braxton Berrios, who the Jets just released yesterday in a cap-saving move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Jets made a move actually acquiring Ravens safety Chuck Clark, veteran safety, who was kind of you know running out of – I don't want to say running out of favor, but with Kyle Hamilton and others there, not – not really needed as much. So that deal is going to become official March 15th, which is the new start of the new league year. And the Jets get some, you know, some veteran leadership back in that secondary. And in a corresponding move, they have cut wide receiver Braxton Berrios. Now, the big move that everyone's waiting on is, are they going to acquire Aaron Rodgers? The reports yesterday, AJ, that the Jets have, quote, growing optimism that they will reach an agreement with the Packers to trade for Aaron Rodgers. I'm mostly curious about what this trade ends up involving, like what the return is for Aaron Rodgers, because that's the most that, that's the most interesting part of this story to me. Like, what is Aaron Rodgers worth today to a team? Like, I mean, obviously he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the league next year regardless, but now they're going to have to, like you're going to have to give up assets on top of that. How many assets? What's the value of being able to pay Aaron Rodgers that money? One first-round pick? Amongst other picks, obviously, but only one first-rounder? If it's more than that, there's a real problem, in my opinion. Here's what I think the Jets, the best-case scenario for the Jets is, if it's only one first-rounder, it can't be the 13th overall pick in this year's draft. If it's only one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm the Packers, and if it's if it's only one, I'm saying that's the one I want. That's the most valuable wow. piece. I, I, what what was the uh, the package for Russell Wilson? Two first rounders. So 
I, I think that's too much. And I think we've already seen that that was too much for... It's too much for Russell Wilson. For Russell Wilson, yeah. It's going to be too much for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm saying one first-round pick, amongst other picks and whatever else they have to include in the deal, I just don't want to give up the 13th overall pick. I, I get that. and But the, again, like what this is what we've talked about. If not Aaron Rodgers for the Jets, then who? And if this team that's built to win now is going to like say nope no deal over the 13th overall pick mm-hmm. are they really ready to win now like well, that's, that's what every, that's what everyone is basically speculating that that's what obviously they they want is the 13th overall yeah. pick i mean so, that would make the most sense because it gives the it gives the packers some options to if they decide they want to move up and trade for a quarterback like it gives them an opportunity to do that in this draft or draft someone at thir- 13 if they if someone like falls but i it's coming back yeah yeah I don't know what the Packers are going to decide to do because, again, Jordan Love, they have to make a decision whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth-year option and decide if he is good enough to be their starting quarterback of the future or at least of the next several years. But why not spend money on a or, or spend the draft pick on a quarterback and develop him? First of all, I wouldn't pick up a fifth-year option on Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. He's shown nothing to, to say, yeah, we should totally want to commit towards, to this even longer than we have. Like, you let it play out, and if he's fantastic next year, great. You pay him. Fine. Mm -hmm. It just feels like if he's not fantastic next year, now you're stuck with another year of him at a higher rate, and you're stunning the development of whoever you're going to next. Do you think this deal gets done next week, this coming week? I'm starting to think yes. Uh, I was hesitant on it, but it feels – and mostly I was hesitant on it because I didn't know if that's where Aaron Rodgers wanted to be. Like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't feel like New York to me. Like, Aaron Rodgers feels like he would want to be in some – the mountains or in San Francisco or or Vegas, like the Raiders. Like, there, mm-hmm. it feels like there's a lot of places he would be before he'd be in New York. He doesn't feel New York to me. The only thing he feels less than New York is Miami. Like, he, feel, he definitely doesn't feel South Florida to me, but he also doesn't feel New York. But Aaron Rodgers, who knows what motivates him? Maybe he's got a good dealer in New York. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of ayahuasca here. I think that it gets done because I think both teams, I, it, it's not a deadline, but I think they'd like to get it done before the new league year starts because then you could kind of figure out what's going on in free agency. And you could, because if the deal does not get done, can't shouldn't the Jets just go spend money in free agency? And and what if Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, just sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I, I think that's the move. You either you, you sign Jimmy Garoppolo or you you sign a bridge quarterback. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield. I, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, somebody. It, there's options out there of who it could be. You sign him to a one or a two year deal, and I think if it doesn't get done, you dra- you use that 13th pick to try and draft a quarterback and try and draft somebody who you can who you can groom or you uh, you trade up, do something, but. I, I do think that if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, like marrying themselves long-term mm-hmm. to any other quarterback is a mistake. When we recorded the dream preview on Wednesday night, the Jets were the second favorite to win the AFC East at a consensus of plus 310. The Jets were also the one, two, three, four, five, sixth favorite tied with the Ravens. So let's call it the fifth favorite to win the AFC at 12 to 1. Now the Jets are plus 250 to win the AFC East. That is up from plus 310. 
And now the Jets are the fourth favorite to win the AFC at plus 900. In, in a day and a half, from 12 to 1 to 9 to 1 to win the AFC. Yeah. And it's all because of the reports that are starting to get serious now that the Jets will acquire Aaron yeah. Rodgers. So the market is believing this is happening. Clearly. And I, I think, like, the Jets saying we're going to – we're really interested. We're making our push. I think that makes sense. Makes makes sense that the market would believe that. It's happening. <laughs> the Houston Texans have also lost a draft pick and lost 175K, uh, losing their fifth-round pick in this year's draft. For a salary cap reporting violation. Oh, they paid somebody under the table? Apparently, that's what they're saying. The Texans, quote, absorbed a little over, a little under $27,000 in costs for player benefits for the use of alternate athletic facilities. The team said it understands that amount should have been charged instead to player salaries, but they basically ate it. And it was during COVID. Mm -hmm. The Texans facility was closed during COVID. So they set up a a place for, I think it was for exclusively Deshaun Watson. It may have been for some other guys, but at least at least for Deshaun Watson to work out when he couldn't come to the Texans facility. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, nope, that is, uh, that's against the rules, friends. So that's going to cost you a fifth round pick. So Deshaun Watson continues to deeply massage the Texans uh, in, <laughs> in uncomfortable ways. So uh, they lose a draft pick and some coin. Well, speaking of draft picks, the 49ers got seven compensatory draft My picks to goodness. lead the NFL. And this is why it's okay trading a bunch of draft picks for a quarterback when you can just replenish them by having free agents be signed elsewhere, but also by having minority coaching candidates get hired elsewhere. Yeah. And and that's what happened. Uh, Robert Sala gets hired by the Jets. Mike McDaniel by the Dolphins. D'Amico Ryans by the Texans. Uh, Martin uh, Mayhew gets signed as the general manager so, uh, of the Commanders. Commanders yeah. And Ron Carthon as the general manager of the Titans. So all these signings going you know away from the team, 49ers got seven compensatory draft picks. Yeah, three th- three extra third round picks this year. So that's big, man. That's a it's a good deal. The Browns third round picks are players that can have impact right away. Oh, no doubt. Browns got one of uh, one of those thirds, the Chiefs got a third. So uh 16 teams got compensatory picks. 49ers led the way with 7, the Rams had 4, Cardinals, Chiefs, Cowboys with 3 apiece. On the ice last night, the Stars blew out the Sabers. How many goals do you think the Stars 14 goals. <laughs> there were 14 total goals. Okay. Yes. All right. 10-4, Roger, over and out. 10-4 <laughs> was the final. I don't know what's more shocking. The fact that the Stars scored 10 goals or that Eric Comrie gave up all 10. Because <laughs> how often does a goalie get to stay in after he gives up nine? Yeah. Never, right? (laughs) I mean, you would think, listen, after the ninth goal, it's like, all right, maybe it's time to pull you. But this is the thing. Eric Comrie made 39 saves last night. That's a lot of shots that got thrown at him. 49 shots on goal. He made, if, if if I didn't tell you that he gave up 10 goals, and I just said, Eric Comrie 
made 39 saves last night, and the Sabres scored four goals. You would think, man. Nice win. That's a nice win for Buffalo. <laughs> Dude made 39 saves, and and the team scored four goals. That's a nice win. No. But man, that is, wow. Ten goals by the <laughs> by the Stars. It was the most goals that they've scored as a franchise since they moved from Minnesota. So the Stars have never scored 10 goals. The North Stars have. But the Stars have never scored mm. 10 in a game. Well, so. congrats to them. Congrats to them. What an effort. And apologies to that poor Buffalo goalie. Listen, dude made 39 saves, okay? That is just – that's a valiant effort. And that's a, that's a yeoman's work yeah. for Eric Comrie. Uh, the Hurricanes tight contested game against the Flyers. They win one nothing. They were heavy favorites in this game. Uh, Peter Kochetkov got the call up uh, to replace, uh, you know, uh, they've been dealing with some goaltender injuries there. Uh, Ranta got hurt. And so Kochetkov comes up and, and has a shutout. This is a guy who this season in the NHL, he's only made 18 starts because he's been up and down. Like they sent them down to create room when Anderson came back, but he started the season so well. He's 10, four and five with a two, three, three goals against average and a nine 13 save percentage. He's fifth in the league in, in uh, goals against average. You know who is fourth? His teammate, the starting goaltender, Auntie Ranta. Damn. It's kind of like the same thing I said about Olmark and, and Swayman of Buffalo. Is that you look at this? I mean, look at Frederick Anderson. Cara, is it the goaltender or is it the system, folks? Because number one and three in goals against average are two Boston goaltenders. Numbers four, tied for fourth, and sixth, three Carolina goaltenders. These are the two best teams in hockey. It's not even it's not even a question. And they're the two best defenses in hockey. Well, speaking of the best team in hockey, the Bruins had their 10-game winning streak snapped. The Oilers get a late goal in the third period, beat them 3-2. to two. Uh, Vegas defeated the Lightning in overtime 4-3. Islanders in overtime over the Penguins 4-3. In a shootout, the Rangers 4-3 over the Canadiens. You had the Blues 4-2 over the Sharks. Coyotes at the Moat Arena beat the Predators 4-1. Kings a 5-2 win over the Avalanche. And the Senators topped the Kraken 5-4. I would assume the Grand Salami hit the over last night. With a 14-goal game? Well, even without the 14-goal game, you had had one, two, three, four, five overs without the uh, 14-goal game. Now you throw in the 14-goal game, that makes up for the 1-0 game with the Flyers. I think that the uh, Grand Salami was okay. Just two games on the schedule tonight. Blackhawks at the Panthers. Florida minus 430. And the Ducks at the Flames. Calgary minus 365. Got some really good games on Saturday. So uh, the Red Wings take on the Bruins. That's going to be on ABC. So ABC is starting to get the nationally televised hockey games. Mm -hmm. The Bruins looking to snap (laughs) their losing streak, right? One game losing streak. See if the Bruins can bounce back with a win. Uh, Flyers will take on the Penguins. Uh, at 1230, so another ABC nationally televised game. This is, uh, excuse me, I'm speaking of Pacific time. So it's a 1 o'clock Eastern time start between the Bruins and the Red Wings and a 3.30 Eastern time start between the Flyers and the Penguins. Uh, so that's on Saturday, and it should be good. Some, you know, those two nationally televised games, but it's a big schedule. And games that have playoff seating implications. Yeah, we're at that point of the season where playoff seating is on the line. You know, you look at 
The Devils are four points back of Carolina for first place. There's a chance there. The Lightning, four points back of the Leafs in the battle for home ice. In the wild card in the Eastern Conference, you have the Senators, four points back of the Penguins. Florida, four points back of the Penguins. Capitals, five points back. So uh, there's chance for those two, those three, four teams to get into the playoffs. And then in the Western Conference, it's anybody's game. Literally, the standings are going to change every day for the next two, three weeks. Because Dallas is in first place in the Central, two points up on Minnesota, and Colorado's got 76 points, so they're a little ways back. Vegas tied with L.A. for first place in the Pacific, Seattle four points back. And then, oh, Edmonton, by the way, who's just sitting there at the first wild card spot, they just so happen to be four points out of first place in the Pacific Division. So everything is just all jumbled up in the Western Conference. It's going to play itself out over the next couple of weeks, but all these games are important, and I like to look to take advantage of these teams that need wins to improve their playoff seating or that are in playoff races against teams that are are out of it. And you have, yes, the lines are going to be inflated, but sometimes you just got to lay it and take advantage of these spots because there are going to be good spots. Like the Panthers are in a wild card race right now. They're one point out of a playoff spot. They're minus 430 favorites hosting the Blackhawks. You can't lose to Chicago if you want to make the playoffs. You just can't. So figure out a creative way to play Florida. Maybe it's Florida in regulation. Maybe it's Florida on the goal line. I don't know, but... That's a game that if Florida loses, well, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And I'm sure that's what everyone in the organization is thinking right now. So that's the way I'm going to look to attack the next couple of weeks here in the NHL. Before we head out of here, let's update the leaderboard of the Players' Championship. Uh, When you listen to this podcast, it'll be in progress, right? Uh, But I guess the first round was suspended due to darkness, so some guys didn't finish their first rounds. uh, But we'll have the resumption of the first round, and then the second round will take place. Your leader right now is Chad Ramey. That's a made-up guy. I've never heard of him. Colin Morikawa is next at 7-under. And looking at the updated odds, Colin Morikawa is the favorite to win. He is at plus 350. Scotty Scheffler is next at plus 450. And Scheffler is... Three strokes off Morikawa. Four four strokes off the lead. Four strokes off the lead. Three strokes off of Morikawa, though. Next on the board is John Rahm at 14 to 1. How far back is Rahm? Uh, Rom, ooh, he's a good ways back because I don't see him on the uh, the first sheet. He's at minus one. He's seven strokes back right now. Seven strokes back, but, I mean, is it worth taking a shot on Rom at 14 to one? There's a lot of golf left to be played. Listen, when we had uh, Will Doctor on back on, I guess it was Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. I think it was Wednesday morning. Yep. Uh, Will was saying that, that John Rom has not been striking the ball well. He's not been mm. like normally. He's known for for playing well off the tee, and he hasn't been doing it lately. So I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in Will and say, you know what? This isn't his tournament. This isn't the spot for him. Uh, Victor Hovland. That's and... my guy. I got him at top ten. Well, top ten. What did you get it at? Plus two thirty. Well, it's plus 140 now. Okay. That's, so that's, that's CLV. That is CLV on Holland. You know how you know how much good that's doing me in college basketball? Absolutely no good. None. Vic, Victor Hovland, three under for his opening round, tied for 12th right now. That's my now. guy. That's my that's so my guy. Uh, next, Norway, stand up. Next on the odds list is Jordan Spieth and Jason Day. Jason Day. 
Spieth is where is Spieth at? Spieth finished probably right around the same as uh, as Hovland, I would assume. Yeah, three under, same exact as Hovland, and Jason Day two under. So still a lot of golf to be played, but that's oi, oi. that's the Back latest off. look at your top odds, uh, the odds board here. Who's schedule? Who's favored to win the Players Championship again after only one round? Head on over to pregame.com where there is a lot going on this weekend, including a UFC event. Right? Yeah, our boy uh, Ryan, Ryan Span. Yeah, Ryan Span. Who came, He came on our show a couple weeks ago, ready to go. His fight got canceled because his opponent got sick. Mm. They get to fight again tomorrow. So I know Ryan's excited, uh, and they're actually doing this at 215 pounds, so Ryan doesn't have to cut all the way down to nice. 205. So I, I'm guessing he's pretty happy about the way it worked out. All right. Span in a nice little plus money price. I like plus 145. Good value on right. him. Uh, I, I do think he's a very live dog. Uh, I think last time I gave out under one and a half rounds. Mm-hmm. You can find that out there around minus 155. Uh, and I still believe that's a very good prop. All right, that's our boy, Ryan Spann. You can get more picks like that at pregame.com. You can get a daily best bet package or a season-long subscription package. You know, baseball season's coming up, going to have a nice season package available for you. You can take 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com if you use our promo code. Now, we give out promo codes on every podcast we do, so you got to tell your friends. If they want discounts at pregame.com, they got to listen to the podcast. And for March Madness, we have an incredible deal that you're getting a bracket basically for nothing. So you can get 20% off that. You can get the discount. But if you don't listen to the podcast, you're not getting the promo codes. So we appreciate you listening. That's why we give out codes on every podcast. So here's what we're going to do. Because of college hoops, because of the way that a lot of these teams, most notably Syracuse, (laughs) has played over the past, I don't know, 30 years under Jim Beheim, right? With Jim Beheim saying goodbye, or the school saying goodbye to Jim Beheim. Yeah, however it worked. Here's the promo code for this week or this weekend. Bitter. Oh. Zone. <laughs> zone 20. The zone defense. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Jim Beheim and Syracuse were known for the zone defense. They were. They, they just let you shoot. And at the carrier dome, it was like, oh, my sight lines are all off. I can't make a shot. So <laughs> I also think as as time went on and everybody figured out how to shoot, maybe yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. the best. Yeah, best. No, no, no. Uh, but zone 20 will get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Make sure you uh, sign up to be a pregame.com member and get your free $25 and then use the promo codes to take advantages of all the discounts. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sadenberg. Have a great, profitable weekend. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.